Now, you guys ready to get started? This is the Rich Eisen Show. 17th NFL Draft that I'm, I'm hosting. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. I'm planning to say that at least once a show. <laughs> 17, 17, 17, 17, 17. With the 17th pick. Rich Eisen. 17 NFL Drafts. Congratulations. Uh, thank you. I don't know if you've, if you've heard. 17 NFL Drafts. Earlier on the show. NFL Network Insider Ian Rappaport. Coming up. Former Falcons general manager Thomas Dimitrov. Plus, from Netflix's Thunder Force, actor Bobby Cannavale. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Hour number two of the Rich Eisen Show is on the air. Friday from Los Angeles, California. The former general manager of the Atlanta Falcons, Thomas Dimitrov, is going to join us here in about 20 minutes' time. It's going to be a fascinating conversation if the man knows anything about player evaluation involving the Atlanta Falcons and involving what Arthur Blank might have to say about a fourth overall pick that could be traded or used on a quarterback to move on from Matt Ryan or used to give him a major weapon to stay with Matt Ryan. It's this man. He knows what it's like to trade up in a draft. He knows the value to trade up in a draft. So exactly what the Falcons would maybe require to trade back down in this draft. He knows everything about everything that is going on in terms of the intrigue of this draft. Um, just no longer in the room where it does happen for the Atlanta Falcons anymore. He'll give us an idea of what it is like, and I cannot wait to chat with him on that subject. Bobby Cannavale will be joining us in hour number three of this show. I love this man, the famed Jip Rossetti of Boardwalk Empire, which earned him an Emmy Award, so uh, and greatly so. Um, He will be on this program. He is in the new... film called Thunder Force. I can't wait to chat with Bobby. He's a diehard Jet fan. I feel like I've known him forever. He was one of our first celebrity guest hosts back in 2014 when we came on the air. Oh, my god! What a great day that was for you guys when I was out of the chair. Bush was here. Bush played. That's right. What a day. What a day that was. And then we sang karaoke that night. Yes, we did. He's an excellent karaoke singer. He's in fantasy football at a fantasy football league with uh, Paul Rudd and Joe Latrulio, other favorites of this program. So it'll be a great conversation when he joins us in our number three. No, and Bobby will be like, bro, you tell me, what are the Jets doing? Are they going to, is this, is this guy Zach Wilson? He will say that. Because again, <laughs> it, it, Bobby's going to give, vo- and I love the photograph that we've chosen for him. He's like, hey, he will say what, that, what, what are the Jets doing here? You know, and because again, this is going to be, and Bobby will give voice to this later on on the, on the program. Um, this is going to be uh, a big for, for Jets fans because I can, I can, personally guarantee you personally guarantee you that the number like if you had to take the percentage of jet fans who are going to be head over heels in love and falling in love with zach wilson because they've been told how great he is that's got to be about 99 percent of jet fans we'll do because we're getting ready to do it again we're getting ready to hit that reset button and do it again just like we did for Donald years before, just like we did for Sanchez years before, just like we're, we're, we're dying, we're dying for our Mahomes. Like Chiefs fans, they were in the diaspora for 50 years in the desert. Big word alert. It is not, well, you're just, <laughs> not if you're a Jew, okay? You're, 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 you're wandering the desert Okay. As a, as a Chiefs fan for half a century. Got it. Out of the, the heavens in a draft night in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania drops the manor. Patrick Mahomes. Right? Out of the sky of the Seattle Seahawks fans who are wondering, what are we doing here with, you know, Tavares Jackson? Ooh, and, Tavares Jackson. yeah, right? And what, what are we doing here with, uh, with 
with Flynn, right? Remember, remember Matt, Matt, Flynn. Matt Flynn? What are we doing here with Matt Flynn after all those years where we're wondering, you know, Hasselbeck was taking us to the promised land, but before that, all the problems. Out drops Russell Wilson. Out drops Thomas Edward Brady for you, right? Christopher. Amen. And so out drops Tom Brady for Patriots fans who are sitting there with Dick McPherson all those years with the respite of Parcells <laughs> who got him close to the promised land. But outside of that, out drops Brady. Jets fans want Zach Wilson to drop. We're going to be all in on that. But I guarantee you, that's 99% Jet fan. Less than 1%. This is a, I, I would be... St- I would, I would be stunned if this isn't a, a complete and total fact. Less than 1% of Jets fans have seen BYU play football. <laughs> Less longer. than 1% of Jets fans. You might be, a, I don't know, honestly, I don't know how many Jet fans are out there like, you know, let me settle in and see what BYU is up to today. Honestly. And I'm saying less, less than that. Less than this percentage have seen BYU play from start to like an entire game. They might have watched Coastal Carolina maybe for a few snaps this year because yeah, hey, here it is a big game on. I don't know who these people are. <laughs> you mean settled in for three and a half hours, right? Beginning to end. The only thing they know about BYU uh, and the state of Utah is like uh, Mitt Romney, uh, Steve Young. And maybe the Osmond family, like you know, like they Carl remember Malone, the mailman. Yeah, well, I mean, I'm talking about out. I guess I concluded Steve Young, right? But yeah, obviously Carl Malone, Utah Jazz. They've heard of that, right? Yeah, that's it. The Book so, of Mormon, maybe. Book, so yeah. we, we maybe they 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 saw it on Broadway. Broadway. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> that's it. That's that's it. But we're all in on this guy. Honestly, nobody's seen this guy play football in New York City. The first game of Zach Wilson's they'll watch from start to finish of his entire life <laughs> will be his first start as a New York Jet. But we're all in. So Bobby will be like, tell me about this kid. I don't know anything about him. He's a pretty good quarterback. History, Nicely though. done with the higher <laughs> register. <laughs> they really do. Now we're on the subject of yeah, New York Jim sports. Jim McMahon, Steve Young. Steve Young, Ty Detmer. I mean, you're, they've got some gems in there. While we're on the subject of New York sports and New York sports fans, um, let's talk about what happened at City Field yesterday. Because nothing – and I, I feel for our friends at Major League Baseball. I feel for them, okay? Because are, are, is anybody talking about, hey, man, this, uh, you know, this team, fill in the blank, has got a good shot to win it this year. You know, their fan base has been really. Oh, you know, look at this team's bullpen. Look at this. I mean, the same way that we're talking about, you know, the NFL or the NBA. Baseball is not talked that way. It used to be, but not anymore. I mean, it is not like Otani caught some people's eyes because he's on ESPN and they're showing him hitting uh, home runs with exit velocity that looks like you know. Giancarlo Stanton's, and then he's throwing a pitch towards home plate with the velocity that looks like Max Scherzer's, and he's the same human being um, named Otani. Okay? Like, that, that, that might capture our attention, and the only other thing that might capture your attention outside of, like, Fernando Tatis Jr. getting hurt is when an unwritten rule of baseball is shattered. 
And then you take on top of it an umpire blowing the call. And then you place on top of that replay not fixing the problem. I mean, that's just one on top of another on top of another. You know, that's, you know, like Godzilla versus King Kong. It's just, it's, <laughs> it's huge. So Mets are down 2-1. Going into the ninth inning, tie the game, bases full of Mets. Can't put Michael Conforto anywhere. Steps to the plate. Full count pitch coming to the plate. It's a strike. Looks like a strike. It feels like a strike. The only problem is it never strikes the catcher's glove because it strikes Conforto's right elbow. He's a left-handed hitter. That is wrapped in some form of a brace or padding. Okay? He leans it over the plate. It's definitely across the black of the plate. There's no question. It is over the plate. He leans into it. He leans into the pitch. It looks like strike three. It is not. It's as a matter of fact, hit by pitch. Mets win. Meet the Mets. Greet the Mets. Step right up and hit the Mets. <laughs> and Mets are celebrating. Yeah. Don Mattingly of the Marlins comes out and goes up to the home plate over part of Ron Culpa like the, you know, dude, lean into it. Like, that's illegal. He should be out. That's the ruling. Not hit by pitch. Should be out. And we've seen the video now and the great Sportsnet New York announce team of Gary Cohen and Ron Darling and Keith Hernandez called it for what it is, which was Bush League BS shouldn't be shouldn't be at all the cause of a Mets win, let alone celebrated by the Mets. And they should actually reverse this call. And remarkably enough, when they go to replay to look at it, that's when you know this is a problem for Florida because apparently you can't review whether somebody has purposefully stuck his body part into the zone to be hit by the pitch. You can only see, was he hit by a pitch or not? And the replay is absolutely he was hit by the pitch. It's got to be overruled on the field by the umpires. So the minute they're looking at it on replay, it's like, what are you doing? Like, clearly it hit him. And then game over. Conforto is like, you know what? I thought it was a slider. And, you know, and that's why I kind of leaned into it. I thought it was going to slide away from me and or whatever the hell he was talking about. I'd love to do it with a bat next time. Ha, ha, ha. Here's my take on it. (laughs) First of all, overarching it stinks whole thing stinks whole thing stinks to high heaven okay stinks to high heaven on ice i look at you and i know throughout the whole astros red Sox, apple watch do you think the yankees were cheating too you're like you ain't cheating you ain't trying okay generally speaking. okay now conforto leaning into the pitch he has no idea ron culp was about to blow the call he has no idea that the umpire is about to blow the call because according to, in his mind, if I lean into the pitch, Culpa has the right to call me out on the spot. It's still 2-2. Now there's two outs. And, Bases still loaded. And, 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 no, and the Mets can't get the winning run in by an out. This is, you know, like that's a big call right here. Right. He could be called out. Has no idea. Culpa, after the game, admitted he blew the call. 
He did. And so he has no idea. So he's trying, but he could have been called out. My problem is here is because his right elbow is draped in padding, you know, like he's out there like a, you know, like one of those, when you put on the sumo wrestling outfit, you can bounce <laughs> off of anybody. <laughs> right, right. You know, like, so if you're, if you're, you're protecting your right elbow from getting hurt, oh, but leash. you're also, there's no, there's no fear of getting hurt here. The only fear he might have is being called out and it's two outs. There's no fear of getting hurt. So here's what I say. Take the padding off of everybody's elbow. You want to lean into a pitch? You have to run the risk of putting yourself on a 10-day IL or on somebody or or you're going to see Dr. James Andrews or Lewis Yoakum, another name that you never want to hear from back in the day. I don't even know if he's still around. Take the padding off so because it's, it's so easy for him to lean in. See, I'm leaning in. And I understand that it means if somebody comes up and in, you can actually get hurt. I know you're shaking your head at me. I'm giving my two cents here. Take the padding off. Because maybe he's not leaning into the zone if he's so exposed. That's another one. Here's another thing. How is this not reviewable? Why? Because it's an interpretation? Well, then, yeah. Interpret through review if somebody, as Conforto obviously was, leaning into the zone, make that reviewable. Yes, it's interpretive. Yes, you need your umpires to actually make a call. Yes, there is replay to fix something that should not take place. That's what replay's there for. Does it open up a gray area? Sure does. But at least the umpires can say, we took a look at it, and it's inconclusive. And that's my last point. And I will constantly say this, and I can't believe baseball still hasn't done this. The umpires go... Right, they go and they take a look at it. They put on the old headsets. The old headsets. They look at it. They're talking to people back in New York City who basically say, "Yeah, it hit them." Okay, fine. So they come out, and all they do, all the umpire does is point to home plate, pirouette, and walk off. And I'm like, okay. So now the interpretation's supposed to be on me as a, a fan. Like, what the hell does that mean? Does that mean the game's over? You point to home plate. What does that mean? Yeah, that's where it took place. What does pointing a home plate mean? <laughs> oh, does pointing a home plate mean that the runner doesn't allow it to score? Like, you didn't even give a safe sign, which I don't even know is applicable or not. Put an umpire with a microphone in front of a camera. Give him a spot to stand at. There's a fixed camera in every stadium, just like every referee in football, head ref, Everybody in the NBA now, college basketball, the NHL, which, as we know, a couple weeks ago got a a ref into trouble. (laughs) Put the mic on. After further review, the play stands as called. It's not a reviewable play to see if a player leaned into the strike zone game over. How tough is that? But instead, no. See ya. Most of them I'm have a, a mic I'm, on, Rich. Also, they're Mike, already it wearing. Doesn't, it's, it's, so it, Easy. It, you know, it it doesn't personally matter to me if they're already mic'd or not. The point is, make them do it. Yeah, they got. Instead, explain. it's like, see ya. We're done. You fans that have just paid to come here, thank God there are fans. Everybody at home, we don't care. As a matter of fact, this is not reviewable because we're not allowed to interpret. But you, as the fan, you're forced to interpret. 
me pointing and doing semaphore. Like, what the hell does that mean? Put it on the scoreboard. <laughs> You're a Marlins yeah, fan. You're like incensed. You're like, what the hell does that mean? It is, it is, it is sent to the public address in the stands and it's and the fans at home. This is what we just reviewed. This is what just happened. That's what every other sport does. Are umpires too special to be forced to communicate? I'm not saying Ron Culpa needs to get on there and say, after further review, I blew it, which is what you're going to say to a pool reporter later on. That's fine. Right, I'm not right. saying that. Tell us what you just saw. The whole thing stinks. You got something over there, Chris? No, I, I totally agree with you. <laughs> I, I agree with you that it's Bush League that Conforto did that. But it happens. It happens. We and it happens all the time. Bear. And it happens all the time. Take one for the team. Hey. And it happens all the time. I know that. But, but but the no accountability on the umpire. Right. And on top of it to all, the fans play better than the ump sump. You're the Marlins. You're up two to one. Yeah. Don't load the bases full of Mets and allow Conforto to do something like this. Right. So I'll, I'll, I'll stay consistent on that. But after further review. <laughs> There's three fouls on the play. You go <laughs> and you remove the armor from players' elbows. So maybe they're not going to be so courageous to do something like this. You allow something like this to be reviewable. And then you force the umpires to explain what the hell they just did. I mean, it seems easy enough, but. That's my two cents on it. It has to be trained. Some of them had to. Meanwhile, LGN, let's go Mets. They just beat the Florida Marlins. That might actually come home to roost sometime in October. You never know. The Mets. I mean, people are a lot really angry about this. It's an unwritten rule. Yeah. Which you did. You, you're supposed to do that. You're supposed to not do that. You're supposed to admit that it, you did it. I mean, that's an unwritten rule. Umpires blew it. Admit. Replay couldn't stop it. Oh, boy. One on top of the other on top of the other. That is... I I just don't understand how this is Conforto's fault. Look, if you're a cornerback and you hold on to a wide receiver... How is it not Conforto's fault? And you don't get... If the the official doesn't call the the pass interference, then that's on them, right? So this isn't on Conforto. He tried it. The ref should have have done something. This is not a legal maneuver by a player. Holding, Holding in football. Okay. You do it until you get called. So... He could have been caught. The umpire blew it. Replay can't stop it. And we don't understand why the umpires did it in real time. I think, again, that's not reviewable. They were looking at whether the ball hit him, which is clear it did. As soon as that happened, let me grunt towards home plate and go and grab a beer. (laughs) And let everyone else figure it out. We'll take a break. We'll come back. Thomas Dimitrov, what are the Falcons thinking We'll ask a guy who knows how the Falcons might generally think with their owner. When we come back, Thomas Dimitrov. Let's talk O'Reilly Auto Parts, people. Or as you might know from their jingle, O-O-O O'Reilly Auto Parts. They're in the business of keeping your car on the road. O'Reilly Auto Parts offers friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs because you know when you need your car fixed, you need somebody who knows what they're talking about and is helpful, has a smile on their face, and gets you back on the road. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. The team at O'Reilly Auto Parts can test your battery for free in or out of your car. If it needs to be replaced, they'll help you just... Find the right battery for your vehicle. 
Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fix, or a quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Whether you're a car aficionado or an auto novice, you will find the employees at O'Reilly Auto Parts knowledgeable, helpful, and the best of all, friendly. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit us at O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash Eisen. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for $20 off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for $20 off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed this is the rich eisen show only fitting that you're clutching a bottle of Gatorade right now. <laughs> only fitting because I do believe it was the first time that we met. I'm going to bring this up. It was in the city of Houston. That's right. It was the first ever Super Bowl the NFL Network had ever covered. It was Tom Brady beating the Carolina Panthers eventually. But you and the entire Manning family strolled into the Gatorade suite before I hadn't uh, hit the sack one night. Yeah. Correct? That was it. And who did you hear singing karaoke in the Gatorade suite that night? It was a beautiful voice. A Would beautiful you say, like, voice. in terms of... It was be- like an angel bringing us in. Mm-hmm. And there, we walk in and we see see Rich Eisen. Mm. Karaoke. Dominating. <laughs> to basically... By the way, nobody else in the room, right? <laughs> yes. Just solo. Just, you know, you get a little wow. practice. There was my, me and my buddy. There was nobody... <laughs> What uh, what song, Eli? Uh, that is a good question. Sinatra. Sinatra? I forget which one it was. Okay. Well, you know, I mean, New yeah, York, did you New have York, to ask? Or, yeah. Seriously, it was me and my buddy. And <laughs> I remember. We walked in and, uh, yeah, we joined. Now, but we joined right in. Did You You did sing, right? I you believe. guys all did get on the mic. I think we got up there. You know, I can't turn that down. No, I know. And right. I, it was it, honestly was, me. It was obviously like pre-cell phone. Like pre, I mean, you had yes, cell phone, right. but pre-like, no one had a camera. You, you don't worry about anybody filming. Yeah, so there's no you, video. You, you get up and sing. You saw karaoke, really. you sang. You don't, think about, you don't think twice. It was just the moment. Yeah, that's the it. moment. You didn't have to memorialize it. <laughs> it was me, my buddy, Doug. And then it was, I think, your entire family, yeah, probably right? the whole crew, yeah. Your mom and your dad, um, you, yeah. and, you and uh, Peyton and Cooper. And Cooper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and um, what, do you have a go-to karaoke song, Eli, at all? It's changed over the years, obviously. Has it really? Can, yeah, okay. you kind of go with the times. Uh, you know, Footloose has always been one, you really? know, just because you can kind of dance with it. But mm-hmm. now, you know, it's it's tough. It's tough to do karaoke now. Mm-hmm. You're just kind of worried, you know, people are filming all the That's time. True. Then they judge. And, you know, I get, <laughs> I get judged enough. I don't need to be judged <laughs> on, on, my, on my singing ability. That's, you know, that's, that's for fun. Yes. Uh, you know, it's, everybody's made it too serious. We had a lot of fake fires in some of our sets, right? We had one in, in San Francisco. <laughs> yeah. We had one in yeah, Minnesota. Yeah, we did have fake fires. And then, and then 
Maybe, Don, for our next, uh, I very rarely uh, request for our next uh, Peacock-only um, segment that's coming up, you have the Mariucci segment uh, where he, in front of the fake fire in San Francisco, told a story about him recruiting a player in front of a real fire. It's one of my favorite Steve Mariucci stories of all time. One of the greatest storytellers I've ever met, and it's one of my favorite stories of Mariucci's of all time. So that'll be coming up later on in the, on the show. Bobby Cannavale in hour number three. Uh, T.J. Jefferson's WrestleMania preview coming up in hour number three. Too sweet. We are uh, right here on the Rich Eisen Show radio network alongside our friends at Peacock. Uh, for those uh, listening uh, on the radio, Terrestrial or Sirius XM Channel 211, NBC Sports Audio, get the Peacock app. It's free. We're on every day after Dan Patrick. And take you to Brother from Another with Michael Holly and Michael Smith every single day right here on NBC Sports on Peacock. Uh, you know, I've gotten a chance to meet a, a lot of people and be able to call them friends uh, in the NFL, and this is one of them. He's been a regular on this show way back to our podcast days. Always had him on before the combine and whenever he was able to before the draft in his uh, years as the general manager from 2008 to uh, just last year for the Atlanta Falcons. He is Thomas Dimitrov. How are you, friend? Rich, great to hear your voice. And, I, you know, just so you know, I have to see your face like last year before the draft. Yes. I had you, you know, in the background. I put you on the screen so I could. Act. I'm a visual person. You are. This just connects us a little bit more. It's very important. Uh, you know what? And I, I'm. I look better on the all twenty-two. I really do. You know, I agree with you, Thomas. You know, I think this was a picture from Ann Arbor. Okay, very good. <laughs> very good. Um, so let's let's get into this here, Thomas, because uh, you are my. Uh, expert on on what it's like to evaluate talent and make a decision certainly a big one atop the draft with Arthur Blank being the guy uh, who owns the team so walk me through what you think is going on with the Atlanta Falcons and how it looks with um with with the new coach and Arthur Smith and Terry Fontenot uh who uh succeeded you as general manager there for Arthur Blank walk me through what you this looks like for fans Thomas. Yeah, you know, I think, um, you know, Arthur obviously is is very in tune with what's going on within the organization. He is uh, obviously, he's very passionate about it, and his interaction with um, general managers and head coaches, you know, is really good. It's very astute, and uh, there are high expectations on all sides uh, as far as communicating regularly, and that is great. I, I welcome that. I know Mike Smith did, and I know Dan Quinn did. It was a very good workable and working relationship between the management and, and the owner. And, uh, again, there are situations around the league where some people prefer not to have that and other people prefer, prefer to have it. I liked it. I thought it was really good. You always knew where you stood. You communicated well. and That's important. That said, I'm sure Terry, who, by the way, I'm, I'm excited for. I, I like Terry personally. We get along well. I have a great deal of respect for him. Um, you know, and I and I do truly hope that things work out well there. Like I want the best for that organization. I have a lot of people that I have a great deal of regard for. So knowing Terry and knowing Terry's personality, as I do, and I don't know him that well, but knowing Arthur's personality, there's just a lot of really good interaction right now. I don't know Arthur Smith personally, but what I know of him, I think that group is really communicating well, and they're in the middle of making a decision, as you know, quarterback or not after signing Matt Ryan I can only imagine the discussion so let's get into it a little bit more so um 
Who, who's in the room, do you think? Is Rich McKay in there as well as they go through it? I mean, what 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 is this, what does it, like I said, look like for everyone yeah. in the room? How does yeah, it work? There's no, there's no question uh, in my mind. Again, uh, I'm sure it hasn't changed. I'm sure Rich right. is, you know, Rich is, is Arthur's confidant and he's, he's Arthur's designee. I mean, they are, you know, he's a very important part of that organization and he's, he's working alongside, uh, you know, of a, of a neophyte general manager and head coach which I've been there before, yes. and I know how important that is. So there's a lot of great discussion. There's film discussion. There's contractual discussion. There's you know draft projection discussions, of course. I mean, it's. I have always said Atlanta Falcons, no matter how anyone wanted to perceive it, Rich, it was a very well-thought-out organization. Arthur Blank at the home was not letting it be anything but that, no matter who was in charge. So your best guess right now, Thomas Dimitrov, as the Falcons are going through the do we take a quarterback uh, not named uh, Wilson, Lawrence, and whoever the 49ers choose, do we take Kyle Pitts or Jamar Chase or Panay Sewell to either give Ryan a weapon or protect him, or trade out. Best guess, just knowing again on everything that you have been there and done that. You've you've you made a big mm-hmm. trade to move up for Julio Jones. You've gone ahead and made big draft choices for this organization. Best guess has Arthur Blank told everyone in the room what he wants for this pick. You know what? I don't know if he has, and um, you know. Again, Arthur is very mindful of that, of not overriding, of course. I would say back to your first question, I mean, there's, there's a lot to choose from. I think at the outset of this year, I thought that they were 100% going to go quarterback. I just really believed that it would have been a perfect uh, you know, transition to have a young quarterback come in there and continue to learn from someone like Matt Ryan, who I have a great deal of respect for. And, and Rich, I think he can continue to win in this league, and, and I think he, he could win a Super Bowl. You have to have the right situation around him, of course. But you know, with the re-signing uh, or redoing of the contract and, and, and securing of Matt there, um, I think they would still do themselves well by considering a quarterback in that spot. I really do believe, Rich, that they have a lot of, um, and I say this humbly, but I think there's still a lot of firepower on that offense. And to add uh, another you know, receiver or something in, in that uh, vein, I don't know necessarily if that is the most useful. Uh, I know Kyle Pitts is not necessarily a receiver, and he's a talented tight end, of course. A lot of people would argue to, to draft a tight end that high, you know, what would they be thinking, no matter how good he is? And a lot of people thought back in 2011 to trade up for a receiver of 21 spots, uh, <laughs> i.e. Julio Jones was beyond uh, ridiculous. So you never know how it plays out. Thomas Dimitrov, former general manager of the Falcons here on the Rich Eisen Show. Uh, I, I think you, you see what I'm driving at here is that um, is that there's a ton of voices in the room and there is an owner who does like to, um, you know, give his two cents or know what is going on, as you've already established. So what can you tell us about the Matt Ryan contract and how that might inform us on the decision making for this team? How many more years? How much, you know, how many dollars would it cost to cut him in certain future years if they do draft someone or it is so prohibitive to cut him that it makes sense to get him the weapon right now and just try it one more time with Matt Ryan. 
Thomas? Well, I, I think the first thing that needs to be understood is when we redid the contracts for both Matt Ryan, which was a $30 million plus contract a year, of course, and Julio Jones 22 plus, those deals were done uh, with the, the, the idea and the vision of both of those uh, players being there for the rest of their career. It wasn't set up in any way for us to think that we were going to be trading them. They were both pillar players on our, you know, on our team and within our organization, within the community, and are still so highly regarded. So there is a lot of dead money involved in that. And dead money, with just cutting to the chase, basically means if you, you know, trade or release a player like that, there's a lot of money, i.e., you know, tens of millions of dollars plus, 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 I'll just say that way, uh, hanging over the organization's head, no matter what the deal is. So um, what I would say, for instance, in Matt's situation is the idea of having a young quarterback come in there, I can't stress enough the importance of what they could learn and, the, you know, the competition in that situation would be, would be valid for sure. Um, it does not mean within the next couple of years that there couldn't be, couldn't be changes and moves, but as it stands right now, I think Matt is a very important part of this organization going forward. From my perspective, uh, of course, I have not talked to you know, Terry or, or Arthur uh, Smith about that. So let's just say if, you, if, if um, they, they, they do go ahead and get a weapon like Pitts or Chase or somebody like that, or somebody knocks on the door and just falls so head over heels in love with Kyle Pitts that, that, that Terry Fontenot receives uh, the godfather offer he cannot refuse. What, what, what would be, what is that? What is somebody who has spent a lot of capital to trade up? What would it be, what would it look like for the Falcons, do you think, to trade back down and build for the future by not, by passing up the opportunity to get such a, a grade A plus plus weapon for Matt Ryan right now? Walk me through that. Well, look, I, I mean, you know how it is. It, it really depends. I mean, it depends on where they're moving up from. But, you know, for an organization and a general manager, you know, a, a newer general manager, a new general manager and team builder, uh, both, both Terry and Arthur Smith in the end would sit down in their room and really have a deep, really deep discussion about, you know, how far back they would go and what the trade compensation would be. And if it were to be you know, smart enough and, and deep enough, i.e., you know, second rounds or first rounds talked about, of course, like legitimate picks that would add to the strength of building this organization into a championship-caliber organization, they would have to contemplate, of course, and they would have to consider. But again, it is all, it is all no question about it. It is about, you know, the money involved, uh, money, meaning the, the compensation involved, the draft picks, the money that it will take as well. There are so many layers to to consider, of course, but there has to be a lot of discussion. And, and back to Arthur very quickly, because I think this is important, Arthur Blank. Though he is a very strong owner, he knows that he has given the keys to these gentlemen, and I have no doubt in my mind that he is going to let them, devoid of, of, you know, besides the conversation of, of he and, and Rich McKay, He's going to let them make this decision. If that's trading back, it's going to be on them to make the decision to trade back. So uh, I think in the, end, in the end, there's going to be, there's probably been a number of people knocking on the doors. It's just a matter of if it plays out right and they can find the right person in that 12, 13, 14 range 
to accommodate what they need to build this team into what they want to build. So then, let's Thomas, let's just uh, put a button on this part before I want to ask you a couple of questions outside of the Falcons organization about this draft. Uh, put a button on it. Let's remove the, the, the trading out portion of it because, as you point out, it really depends, right? It depends on where somebody's coming from and the compensation that they get that would create a godfather offer, right? Like that's that's something that, that's interpretive and obviously a complete total um, if-but situation. What would you do? Correct. What would you do, okay? Knowing you just choose from Jones, Lance, and Fields, or you got Pitts, Chase, and Sewell. What would you, Thomas Dimitrov, if you were there, be counseling for right now to do with the fourth overall pick? Well, think? again, this is not me answering for the Atlanta Falcons, as of you course. well know. Of but course, for me yes. right now, yes. as I look at this, I think it is a very important time to seriously consider, you know, the the quarterback position. You claim as an organization, or I would claim as a general manager, to not want to be back in the top five for many years, and this opportunity doesn't come around too soon. But for trading up twenty-one plus spots, of course, so which is rare, and it may be an organization once in an organization, uh, once in an organization's lifetime that you would do that. So you have to, I think, really, really seriously look at it. Even having Matt there, and I think Matt could be a massive, important uh, uh, positive to have Matt and another quarterback there working together for years to come. So put your scout hat on. Which quarterback do you like? What do you think? <laughs> you're, 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 how about a guy named uh, Trevor Lawrence? Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, that would be from the Jones, the Mac Jones, Trey Lance, <laughs> Justin Fields, Troika. Well, look, what do you think? I mean, and those guys are all interesting, of course. And, you know, there's, there's a really cool home, hometown uh, element to, to uh, Justin Fields, of course, and a lot of really interesting parts to his game and, you know, his movement, his athleticism, and, and what he can do on the field and, uh, you know, presence. So uh, I'm going to be really interested to see how he falls into place there. So he's, he's, he's a guy that's really interesting, of course. Thomas Dimitrov here on the Rich Eisen Show. Just to, before I let you go, Thomas, the uh, third overall pick, as we all know, the 49ers made an aggressive maneuver, to say the least, that caught everyone's attention. There was a three-team deal that included the Eagles and the, the Dolphins also swapping spots. Do you think, is it possible the 49ers made this aggressive move still not knowing which player they're going to choose third overall, that they're just going to still go through that jones fields Lance evaluation I just asked you about that they're still grinding tape on this that they went to Jed York and said this is what we want to do we're we, we're we're confident in any of the three but uh or or do they they just have the name and they're just playing it close to the vest what do you think well you know again knowing Kyle and, and John Lynch and those are two very good football team builders and they definitely have plan a b and c there's no way you could do that just counting on one because you really, truly never know how it's going to play out. So I would say they have their favorite, and their favorite, I'm sure, is a very strong favorite, believe me. Uh, but there are other favorites along the way that you would say, in the end, what's really important for your listeners to know, when you're sitting in that draft room and that very high-ranking favorite doesn't work, there is no way you want to be moving up as you did and taking another guy with sort of reluctance in your voice 
everyone feels the energy in the room. Believe me, Rich, that is one thing I truly know. And, and as team builders, you, you better make sure that you have someone that's going to be really, really viable if the number one idea doesn't work out because that sets a tone for the whole season. Well, I guess the number one idea out of the three wouldn't work out um, only if one of the three like gets hurt, right, between now and, and and the draft, which is another reason why you play your cards close to the vest because there's no reason if they do love Mac Jones, say Mac Jones is the guy. And then all of a sudden Mac Jones gets hurt and they don't draft him, and then the, whoever they draft, they're like, you are you are now officially known as plan B, right? I mean, like, you can't do that. Correct. That's exactly right. Well, and do we truly know it's Mac Jones? I mean, maybe we do. Maybe. I mean, look, I know this. I mean, Kyle, having worked with him, obviously has a massive understanding and a great understanding of that system and what he wants in that system. And that's something that always stood out in his evaluations because he knows what he wants for that system more than anyone knows what they want for a system, in my mind. And so, you know, again, it is, it's not just him. It's he and John, of course, and John has a really good feel of how he wants to build that team. So you're exactly right. But there may be another guy out there that we all think it may be Mac and it may be someone else. And, and you, I don't know if you were able to catch, because uh, I know you've been traveling, but uh, Kyle Shanahan's press conference when, when they did meet after the, dra- after the trade, and he kind of bristled at everybody in the media pegging Kirk Cousins as his prototypical quarterback and that he didn't really want to be pegged as having anybody as a prototypical quarterback. I mean, if if you're saying, you know, Matt Ryan, why wouldn't Matt Ryan be his prototypical quarterback? You know what I mean? It, it looked pretty damn good in that game, uh, as we all know. So I, I don't know what his prototypical quarterback really is. We're just we are just all assuming out of all three that are not named Lawrence and Wilson, it is Mac Jones. Thomas. Well, I think I think the one thing I'd say on that, the very last thing is. Again, stressing Kyle's understanding of the system and what he wants and a guy who has enough movement to him who can and keep defenses on their heels. Look, that's the way it's going, the evolution of this quarterback position. And then you get a guy out in, you know, at the Chargers in, in, who is 6'6 and still moves like he's six feet. Like, that's pretty amazing. Uh, given some of the athletes in this draft at that position – I think it's going to be really interesting to see where, where Kyle points his finger. Thomas, you're the man. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, I, 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 I always cherish our chats, um, and our streak is still alive. You're talking to me through before the draft. This is great. Um, I don't know if we have the visual, um, but you did put me up <laughs> on your board, and I appreciate that. So let's just say that this is the similarity, the similar thing to that. Thomas. This is sort of nostalgic for me, and I want to continue it. So no matter where we go, I appreciate you. You take Thank care you of yourself, so much, TD. Man. All right, you bet. Thanks for the call. The Thomas Dimitro. Oh, there I am. Uh, that wasn't me at Michigan. That, I don't know where that was. That's an old school photograph of me. I actually have some hair on the top of my head. We're looking at that right there. Oh, So there you go. Thomas Dimitrov. That was his setup before the, the pandemic draft right there. How about that for insight from Thomas Dimitrov? I like it. So doesn't it sound like the prototypical quarterback out of all three of them? <laughs> is he, If you're saying... Good within the pocket, good within the system, but can break contain like, and that 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 can get out of the pot out of the pocket and make some plays. Doesn't that sound like Justin Fields to you? Kind of right. Yeah. Wouldn't you say that? And I just love again. Who did you just name as the prototypical quarterback? Who did you just say is the unicorn? Justin Herbert, six six runs like he's six feet. Look what he did last Big year. Arm. I'm yeah. serious, man. Yeah. 
The Chargers might have had that moment where out of the heavens drops Justin Herbert. And he may not even have played last year if it wasn't for something so unfortunate. Right. I'll say this one more time, and I know it's stupid for me to say it, but I'm going to say it anyway. Who dropped out of the heavens and started out of the blue because there was an injury to the starter? Who did? Tom Brady. Correct. Can't say that won't happen here in Los Angeles with that guy. Can't. I'll use the phrase that you hear from all the information men and women in this business. Is it likely? No. Is it possible? Sure. Sure. Anything's possible. But he didn't name anybody else as the prototypical quarterback that came out last year. I mean, I know Burrow got hurt. He could have used him as that, but he mentioned Justin Herbert. That's why Trevor Lawrence is going number one overall. 6'6", six, six, can run like he's six fat. Yep. Big arm. Let's take a break. 844-204-RICH, number to dial. We'll unpack a little bit more of what he just had to say right here on The Rich Eisen Show. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I got a recruiting story. You want to hear a recruiting story? saying Harbaugh's crazy. So I'm recruiting, right, for Cal. Mm-hmm. Is that fire real? It is definitely not so, real. So I'm... I'm uh, it's a television set, Steve. I'm recruiting back in Minnesota, and it's like January, all right? And it's snow, and it's cold, and everything That's like that. That's when you were the HC of Cal. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we're sitting around at a home visit, right? Family visit. Yeah. So the kid's there, the mom and dad, little sisters are there, grandparents are there, and we're just kind of having hot chocolate, right? Yeah. And so... Um, kind of, you know, we're talking about, let's go to Cal, you know, it's a great school, best in the world and all that stuff. Yes. 
And so when you sit there for several hours, sometimes the conversation's good and sometimes it drags, all right? So, so it, it started to drag and I was running out of things to say, <laughs> if you can imagine that. Yeah, right. And so there, it was snowing out and it was cold and it was cool. It was just awesome being in there, you know? Mm -hmm. And there was a cat sitting over by the fireplace, mm -hmm. right? Like, just like this fire. Just this like this fire, fire when he was a real fire rich. Yeah. And it was a cat and it was all curled up and it looked so cozy, so awesome. Yeah. And then conversation was dragging a little bit. And I went, ah. Wouldn't you just love to be that cat right now? <laughs> and and everybody looked at the cat, and just as I, just as everybody looked, it rolled over and started licking himself all over the place. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, what? <laughs> I didn't get that kid, all right? It didn't go well after that. <laughs> kind of went downhill. Oh, yeah, but that cat, oh, my gosh. That cat just kind of screwed me over a little bit. And he's like, wow. timing is Looked everything. like it was screwing itself over. Oh, man. It was cozy for a while. <laughs> I love this. Mooch is in his own other Maybe. like stratosphere oh, when it comes to storytelling. My gosh. story time with Mooch. Mooch could have a sick. You're there, you're there with grandma and uh, the kid and the parents, and the whole family. Conversations dragging. Wouldn't you like to be that cat right there in their turn? That <laughs> starts licking itself. Oh my it's just they turn and they're like, "What's wrong with you, coach?" <laughs> 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 I mean, only Mooch. <laughs> By the oh, way, didn't get that kid. Only oh, Mooch. Only oh, Mooch. He can have a sitcom God. just called Mooch. Only Mooch. Oh my gosh. It'd be hysterical. Let's call it Mooch. Mooch. I just, I, I mean, I'm literally crying. <laughs> that's one of my favorite Mooch stories. And I tell you again, there is a Mooch story that's never been told publicly. He's told it to us behind the scenes that's that I want him to tell. And, and the reason why it's because it involves a longtime player of his who he adores and he loves does not know that he used that person as a pawn for his own personal moment. So amazing. Oh my gosh. Whew, fun stuff. We just showed that Mariucci uh, recording from uh, back at Super Bowl 50. It's coming up. It's five years old. My gosh. Um, Bobby Cannavale, hour number three uh, on the Rich Eisen show. So um, what did we glean from Thomas Dimitrov right there? He said that if you, uh, if he was with the Falcons right now, right, fourth overall selection, what he would be doing is he would be counseling to address the quarterback spot. And you don't want to pick up here again. You have your opportunity. If Justin Fields is, you know, the the uh, local kid, done good, is sitting there, do you say no to that? But do you help your team this year for your new head coach and your new general manager? Yeah, do you give do Matt that? Some help too. And then you start the clock. And in terms of the contract, I said, does the contract give you any indication as to what the maneuver is going to be here at fourth overall? He's the guy who redid his contract. He said the redoing of, of Ryan's contract and Julio Jones's contract was done with the express purpose of keeping them a Falcon for the end of their careers. That's what he said. That they're pillars in the community, that they've done enough, and they still have enough time left on their deals, and that the money was set up in the fact that it would, what do you say, tens upon tens of millions of dollars. Yep. Well, look at their dead cap to to, <laughs> to basically make it so that they're, they're not going anywhere. Yeah. 
So if you're Matt Ryan, does that mean you're you sign this contract thinking you're done at age 38? You go hang out with the wife and kids? Why not he why can't he have the Breeze Brady 40-year-old moment? Honestly, the whole concept of like, hey, you're age 36, age 37, like you're uh, um, Rich Gannon's final ride. You know what I mean? Like yeah. those days are over. Yes, but when you those watch, days are over. when you watch Matt play, do you think he's more likely to be like Brady or like Breeze? Meaning, the the returns diminish. Yes. Well, there's no there's no there's no Brady. Honestly, Aaron Rodgers could be Brady. Aaron Rodgers could be sure because he's still he still looks pretty athletic at this age. Yeah. Like he's, you know, he can escape the pocket. Matt Ryan, once you hit him, it's pretty much game it's over. Over. And Breeze, we saw. I mean, we made fun. I made fun of his arm strength all year, but it was declining. And I think Matt is kind of trending in that direction. Man who 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 loves Ryan gave him that contract is saying you got to address the quarterback spot right here. Why not take the hometown kid if he's there? I guess so. But what does it say for the 2021 Falcons? Well, it I, says I, if you're 3 and 6, you'd go to the kid midway through the year. Do that to Matt Ryan? He's still got enough year, he's still got another year left. I don't think that I don't think that contract yeah. is tradable next year. It could be. I, I don't I'm not an expert on Yeah, I don't I mean. I'm looking at the I'm looking at the dead cap hit. I mean, that's not yeah, that's a lot. It but starts it, with a 6. That's a lot. And it starts with a six. That's a lot. That's a lot of money. And has seven zeros after it. Yeah. Although, you do have to see, Carolina's got Sam Darnold for two years, age 23 and age 24, and they're going to give a a two-year look-see to see if he's the real guy or not. And you look at, you know, the Saints starting over with Jameis Winston. Presumably. That's what it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. And so you start over there, and he's still a relatively young man at the position. What is he, 28? I would say. 27. 27. I mean, that's still very young. Oh, yeah. Brady can't play till he's 50, right? (laughs) Right? Well, you don't know. Like the 2023 season will have a new quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, don't you think? 23? No. Hold on. You don't think so? I think Brady's playing. Brady plays till he's 45. That's through the 2022 season. So the 2023 season. Are you telling me? Three seasons from now. I understand. Three NFL seasons from now. You have to think that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers will have a new quarterback. So why not get a kid who's 20-something now and will be ready to take the reins right there and play for another 10 years, 12 years? But if the Bucs win one of the next two Super Bowls, why would he quit? Why would he quit? I'm with Brockman. He wins two out of he's staying. And play at age forty six? Really? I mean, yes, then you probably year have year. to draft someone, but Tom's probably starting. Then he's year to I'm year. I'm just saying organizationally, you would have to look in the room and just say, looking over the studio, next 10, 15 years, this guy is not going to be here forever. Okay. <laughs> father time Father Time will eventually yeah. run him, him down. You don't know. It's like that game show, The Chase, right? Father Time is like the uh, the Jennings, the Holzhauer here, right? <laughs> and at some point, you know, the bank, you need to get to the bank, and uh, somebody's going to run you down. He's got at some at point. So, uh, so that's why I'm saying, yeah, like, yeah, now's yeah. the time to maybe get the kid. Maybe. Fascinating conversation.
Just a fascinating conversation. Yeah, what is this? Number seven? Oh, yeah. Ten years it's, younger. Uh, yeah, it's seven. Yeah, it's Tom. It's seven holding oh, up the trophy. He made Blaine Gabbard a Super Bowl champion. That's what he's done. <laughs> Jimmy G has two rings. My guess I mean, gracious. Bobby Cannavale, he's a Jet fan waiting for his Brady moment. I'll tell you that. Netflix's Thunder Force, Bobby Cannavale, Hour 3, and WrestleMania with TJ coming up. You know I what mean, I'm saying? Brady's got at least another three, I think. Oh, dude. Easy. Mike, who knows? I, I mean, mean, who knows? I, I do he think. looks great. I do think the Bucks are either winning next year or the year after. Oh, 100%. Again. I think they're winning again. They, they're they're going to win a second with Tom. Yeah. And then he reti- Then does he retire? But Giselle's wanted him to retire like three Super Bowls ago. I don't ago. know. He might want three more for 10. 10 the 10 with the 10, 10 number. The 10 number looks, yeah. Well, at least. Is he going after Bill Russell now? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. What if that is his thought? I mean, like, I mean, he passed Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Well, here's 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 what it would be. Okay. Bill Russell. All right. He's already got his number of Super Bowls matches his college number, his uniform. Ten. Yeah. Yeah. He wants to match his. He wants TB12, meaning Tom Brady's been in 12 Super Bowls. Like, could you imagine? If you want to be branding the TB12 system, which is about wellness and taking care of your body to live a long and happy and fruitful life, and then you've been in 12 Super Bowls, don't you think that that is the ultimate branding? TB12, Tom Brady in 12 Super Bowls. How do you get there? The TB12 system. Look at me. I'm a walking billboard for something that I'm passionate about. He's already a while. I mean, it's like, uh, I mean, it's insane. Why not? But why that's not? why, why two not? more years, he plays till he's 45, yeah, 12 Super Bowls. Maybe he wins nine of them. Oh. Put them together, oh. and it's 21. I mean, I don't know the numerology. He'd love to get to 10 Super Bowl championships because that's stupid. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> stupid. <laughs> seven the numbers stupid. are already I mean, off the charts. Seven, stupid. Seven is, fill the hands. Seven is Just fill, seven fill them both up. Yeah, the rings. That's it. I know. We were talking about this yesterday, uh, Mike and I. How quick is the Hall of Fame convo? Is it just like they mention Tom Brady and then they move on Tom, to the next guy? Like less than a second? Yeah. Or do they even not even talk about him? I'm like, they don't even just say that he's it. already in. Sharp, he's he's sharpied in. Yeah, that like he's like just yeah, it's just already gonna, in. They, they go, we were going to skip the first name. We right. know who it is. They don't they even just, have a debate. Yep. Yeah. Or they just rename the Hall of Fame the Tom Brady Hall of Fame. <laughs> exactly. He gets naming rights. Speaking, hey, if you win speaking, 10 Super Bowls, you get naming it. rights. You're speaking it. I mean, Rich, preach. I mean, uh, <laughs> well, it's, okay. it's Hall of Fame moments, man. That's a Saints fan rolling that video right now. <laughs> That's exactly he right. wants Tom out of the NFC South oh, yeah. now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of like we're leaving One this year, hour yeah. to go get to out, a break. Get out. <laughs> get out of here.